Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So. In case you ain't know, So, and welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live, y'all. This week we talk about the unlikely heroes for the Miami Heat. Got the Panthers losing two games in a row. UFC 269 crowned two new champions. And oh yeah, the Dolphins caught a break on their bye week. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. Mic is on, the mic is on, and we're good, baby. The mic is hot. What's going on, As bro? As they say in the biz, uh, not much, man. Uh, I don't know what to make of our new intern. He's sleeping on the job. I'll tell you that. Much. <laughs> I know, but he he's, not he's, a good debut if you're sleeping <laughs> on the job. He's doing it in a really cute kind of way where I'm not even mad at him. Nah, we're not mad. That's Rocky. He's the new mascot for the Sports with So So podcast, and um, we're here, man. Another week, another episode. That's right. Had December. A lot it's yeah. almost the end of the year. Have you yeah. reflected on that yet? Not yet, man. I don't Not think. Yet. I don't think a lot of people have. Not yet, but you know what? We're gonna have to do a like a year in review type thing, right, or something like that. I mean, this has been a pretty pretty good year, man. I mean, it's been interesting. We've done a lot. We have, man. We've we done have. a lot. You know, we've done a lot, and um, like including last week, we have Victor Bermudez. You know, shout out to shout Vic. out to Vic, man, uh, on the episode to talk about. Breaking hurricane news with Mario Cristobal joining the Hurricanes and all that jazz happening. Like, and, and he was a returning guest. It wasn't. You know, yeah, we got we got first break. guest coming we back. Got, we got we had guests on the show. We got Ethan upgraded our equipment, yeah, and our man. setup, our platforms. Shout out to Ethan Skolnick too, man. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, the year has been crazy. Yeah, man. Year has it's been, been crazy. It's been, it's been super dope. It has been. It has been. And now we we're adding new things for for, that. for for next year. Yeah, for the next year. <laughs> Um, oh man, but it's good to see you so. Likewise, bro. Always good, man. Play some golf this weekend. Yes, sir. Likewise. Nice. We had the last match of the of the league this That's week. That's right, on Sunday. Yep, yep. Um I got second place. I tied for second place in that Congrats, match, bro. Uh thanks, man. I, I should have won. <laughs> I should have won. I left a couple shots out there. It wasn't even the guy that 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 beat me. You know what you I mean? Beat it yourself? Was, exactly. That's how golf is. That's why hey, I love golf. It's so hard. It's, it's yeah, you know, you're playing against the field, but at the end of the day. You're really only playing against yourself. Like, yeah. you, you know what I mean? Like, For sure. It's, it's, it's just just showing you. You're just you in the course. That's it. That's all you're. That's all you got to worry about. And uh, yeah, man, I just came up just short, one and a half points behind the leader um, that closed out. So I'm not upset. I closed good out. momentum. Yeah, I closed out. I felt really good, man. I, I had a really good front nine, and then not so bad, not so great in the back nine, which is the story of my life. Should also let you know that this, the swing is improving, right? Like you've been working on it and stuff like that. We talk about it a lot off the air. Shout out to Coach Sib. As the we man, look back, another, you know, another we guest had another that we've had. guest that we had. Yeah, man. Uh, I know John. Just went to, just go, went see to him. go see him. Yeah, and, man. Shout out and, to, uh, Bradley, to my brother. I saw Coach Sib posted a couple pictures of, like, just in that one session, the progress already that he had. And, and look, I played with John on Sunday because I hadn't, you know, we talked about playing in the league, but I hadn't swung a golf club consistently enough to be like, yeah, I'm ready to compete. Um, so we just went out there to, like, really work on our game and, and practice on, right. on, our, on our abilities, right? And it was really nice to see, like, the development in his game, you know. And obviously, it's not perfect. It takes a lot of work, guys, in case you've never heard. Golf is hard. Oh, yeah. Even if you have a coach that's raw, like Coach Sib, and it's it's just not easy, you know. It's, yeah. It, and to see. It takes time, patience, Yeah, man. Effort. To see us improving like that and getting better and, like, weaken, like recognizing weaknesses and, like, recognizing strengths and stuff like that is really dope. And we had another friend join us out there, um, my, my, my dude, Tomas. Uh, shout out to him. Uh, you know, he, he hadn't been playing golf in a while, so he was like, man, you guys mind if I tag along? We were like, hell no, get in here. We went. And we had a great time, man. And it was fun to be out there. And it was a beautiful day Sunday, too, right? Oh, my God. It was Sheesh. great. And, dude, uh, the course that we were playing at, it was – I got to mention this. I had a birdie that day. And the only reason I'm bringing it up, it was on a par three, the first par three of the day. And I put it on the green, but like not close to the pin at all. It was pretty far from the pin, like 50 feet away. And, you and I just it. hit the most perfect putt. Like it wasn't like, a, oh, shit, he got lucky. Like, no, dude, like this ball, I rolled it at the right speed on the right line. Like it trickled into the hole at the nice. end. And, dude, I, I was so pumped. That like got me going early on. So like I had a really good front because of that. Uh, but anyways, we won't go back to the fact that I didn't get first place. <laughs> but at least you had a good run, right? And, oh, yeah, great run. And something like the Miami Heat, they've, they've been enjoying a good run of late. We've had I see a, what you did there. a lot of issues. That's what I do, baby. Yes, sir. Um, That's why I hear the host. Hey, <laughs> it says it on the shirt. Um, Speaking of which, 
Shout, Shout out, out. I know you're rocking, you're rocking the polo. You know I'm me. rocking the uh, the athletic shirt. Yes, sir. So, I mean, we, we, out. we, we, out, we out here. We out here. Um, but for the Heat, you know, we, you and I have spoken about the struggles that they were going to face once Bam went out, right? Because we knew Bam was going to be out for an extended period of time. Yeah, he's out right now with thumb surgery. Correct. And But Jimmy's inability to come back and really beat that back spasm that he's having is really start was starting to take a toll on us, right? We were losing a bunch of games. We had lost like three in a row. Yep. We lost the beginning of the home stretch after losing a couple of games on the road. We go, we go out there and lose to Memphis by like fifteen, and it's like, damn, you know, yeah, some bad losses, we, some bad losses. But it was like, who's gonna step up? Who's gonna take this chance or this opportunity, right, to really do something with the time that's available? Mm-hmm. And we saw a couple of guys step up, bro. Honestly, man, well, what, what was the first game since our last episode? Was it last Wednesday's the game Milwaukee game against Milwaukee at home? Correct. That was a that was a great game right there. That game will forever be known as the Caleb Martin game, right? Twenty eight points for the young man. I <laughs> yeah. can't remember the rest of his stat lines, but that twenty eight points is the it's, one that's what matters because that's matters. what we're lacking when we're out, Jimmy. When we're out, Bam. When Hero's not out there producing, we're missing. You know, Lowry's not putting up buckets like that. So who, where is it going to come from? And to see somebody like him and the way that he was doing it, either the three ball or the dunks. And I got to shout him out. He had a huge block on, Correct. Uh, on, Defensively on Bobby too, Portis. He's, he's so getting better. He this, this kid came out of nowhere, man. And I really had my reservations about the kid because he was on uh, one of those two-way contracts. Yep. You know what I mean? So it was like, how heavily invested do the Heat really want to be on on, his, on this guy? And for me, it was, it was nice to see him, A, get the minutes, right? B, do something. Productive, not just hey, I'm gonna hit a couple of threes. Nah, he got to the free throw line. He made aggressive moves at the basket. Um, passed the ball when he, he needed passed the to. ball. Right, he played good defense. Was out there rebounding. An overall good game that you wouldn't expect from a guy who doesn't contribute as often as he does. Right, so it was really nice to see him step up in that absence. Right, because everybody before the season was thinking, well, if Jimmy's out and Hero's not shooting and Bam's not playing well, at least we got. Duncan Robinson, but Duncan hadn't been to that level we were expecting in that game in particular right? against Milwaukee. He wasn't, and, yeah. and uh, what, what the reason we gave him the big bucks, right, the ninety million dollar contract, was primarily for his three ball, right. Had a lot to do with it. And he's not producing that right now. But in that game, somebody else did find their stroke in the second half. And Max Struess, man. And he was, it didn't matter who was on him and where he was behind the three point line. Dude, he was wet. He was not missing. That's enough. And that helped uh, Caleb Martin when he, you know, he kind of slowed down a little bit to start start the second half. And that's where Struess came through. Again, two role playing guys, not our key guys. But the, the one thing I can say about Max is that, like, he knows the system good enough to be like, hey, I got, oh, I'm going to play 20 minutes tonight? For sure. I'm going in here. You know, I'm going to pass the ball. I'm going to end up with four or five assists. I'm going to get a couple of threes put up because he's so familiar and so comfortable within the system. Right. Um, it was, And you're right. That tandem was really working because when one took a break, the other one stepped up. Oh, I'm going to take this shot off or these th- next three possessions. All right, you do your thing and go ISO or, or find that. a way to create some type of offense. And we needed the offense to be created because, again, we're out Jimmy. Without Bam, two of our most important guys, uh, we know that Hero is feeling the burden, right, of carrying the team like he was offensively. He's starting to show a little bit of wear and tear just right. being tired, right? Lowry, for, for the better part of it, has been more in a producer role than a scoring mode because this dude's averaging double, almost a double-digit assist. He had 14 the other day against Chicago, you can tell that that's where his mind is at, but I'm he, wondering, he's doing exactly what we brought him here to do. In, in yes a, in and a no, sense. yes and no, right? Because he is commanding the offense, but like you got to recognize, facilitating. right? You got to recognize the opportunity to be like, yo, these guys ain't out. Oh, these guys ain't playing. Fuck it, I'm gonna shoot more. And here's a couple of threes, you know. And he did that sparingly in the Milwaukee game. We saw more of that in the Chicago game, right? Where he ended up with I think 17 points and. He was really able to make an impact on offense to help get Duncan Robinson off that game because Duncan Robinson re- really played well against that the Chicago Bulls. Had 26 points, uh, 5 of 9 from threes. A game that we expect from Tim Duncan 
on a regular basis. Tim Duncan? No, Tim. Uh, yeah, I just say Tim Duncan. <laughs> you but just I mean, said Duncan Tim Duncan, Ro- dog. You took Dun- me for a ride with that time. one. Duncan Robinson. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what we expect from that guy. Night, night in, in and night, night out. out, man. And there's no reason why he can't do it. But, man, he goes on some cold streaks, so. Big time cold streaks. Dog, streak. like, every once in a while, like, you know, it's like, all right, I'm, I'm just, oh, I'm very positive. I'm very hopeful. I'm like, this is going to go in. And it's looks. It's good looks. And then it seems like the one that he's double covered or in the corner or falling backwards or some shit, he ends up making that one. And it's it's wild, man. It's it's a kind of it's very it's inconsistent. It's frustrating. Very inconsistent. We don't know what we're gonna get. It's very frustrating because we again we know the caliber that he can play with, right? And we know and he knows that the team needs it. So it's even ho- probably more pressure. You think on that's him. you think that's what it is for him, I'm man? Like sure, it's that man. pressure that every shot you think every shot goes into it. He's like, I need to make this. I, I, you don't think about it like that, but you just think about it like, all right, let's hit this and get and get on to the next shot. Oh, it went out. All right, let's hit the next one and get on to the next shot. Hit right. the next one. And that's the mentality he has to have because if he starts to think about it in that sense, like that it has to go in, then he's just done. Right? Like mentally, that's not a game you're going to win. But you can win the game against yourself where you're like, oh, I missed my first one, but I made my second one, third one, fourth one, fifth one. All right, I missed my sixth one. All right, let me get back on another three shot streak or two shot streak. That's how I think he's approaching the game now. Because it looks it well, it looked like in that Chicago game that he was flowing a little bit more freely, right? Which is nothing but good news for the offense, nothing but good news for the Heat in general. Yeah. And and again, I we said it in like the preview, unlikely and, and, heroes. And the but thing too that we got to mention, the guys that we need. The thing that we got to mention is is he he did that against a good Chicago team. This is the Chicago team that is is clicking, and we're we're probably gonna see them in the playoffs, maybe at some point, probably. Um, granted. Chicago had their guys out too, right? Because of COVID or whatever. Um, but they were playing with their main guys. Yeah, Levine played. Uh, Vukovic played. Yeah, Vucevic, uh, Caruso, Caruso played. You know what I mean? Like they had uh, enough. They had. I think they had Lonzo that day too. They had enough of their guys in there to to make it a game, right? Right. And we ended up winning handily. And you know, again, the theme was the unlikely heroes. Dwayne Dedman that game against 20 Chicago and 12, twenty twelve. Which is, again, again, you look at that style line and you're like, what the hell? But when you look at the game itself, right, and how he played or finds the space, right, bro, he really does find a way to f- spur some type of offense for himself where he doesn't have to demand the ball, but he's always around the rim. He's always attacking the rim on the offense glass. He's definitely making a conscious effort to grab every defensive yeah. rebound when Bam's not in there because we were lacking on that. Right. So you can see that extra effort within him. Yeah, the differential change from the beginning of the huge. season, like the first 10 games through, you know, these last 10 games. Now, yeah, it's, man. A fucking, it's a huge difference. It's huge how that, that um, specific stat has with, changed. So here's the funny thing, though. With Deadman, it's it's different than it is with Duncan. So Duncan doesn't do it, and we're like, we expect you to do it, right? Mm-hmm. With with Deadman, he goes 20 and 12, and we're like, oh, my God, th- thank you. That's great. Like, we just want you down there, you know, down low, banging and clanging, bringing that high energy and getting rebounds. But right. you're putting up 20. Like, we weren't even expecting that. That's that's like playing with house money now. Well, yeah. It, you know, Joel, it's part of the expectations, right? Like, we knew that Duncan is obviously a way better basketball player, right? He's more of a shooter. In the last two years that he's been with us, he's killed all type of records. He still has the record 174th straight games played for the Miami Heat. He's about to break it when he suits up tonight against Cleveland. Um, This is a guy that we've come to expect things out of. Deadman expectations, not to say that he doesn't have expectations because we do expect a lot from Deadman, but his expectations are way lower than what it is for Duncan. And that's just a, you know, a nature of the business, right? You're getting paid money. We know you're a good shooter. The NBA knows you're a good shooter. Your, your stats are amazing. Yeah. We expect you to play well. It's more surprising when you get those Dwayne Deadman games with 20 and, and 12. That's crazy to me. If he gives me uh four or six points with 12, 14 rebounds, I don't even sneeze at that. I'm like, you feel yeah, me? that's a regular days of work for him. That's what I expect from him, right? The rebounding game. Exactly. And he does his job. Right now, Duncan had not been doing his job to the efficient levels. But if any, if that game against Chicago was any indication, this game against Cleveland tonight should be another stepping stone for Duncan to really get more comfortable with himself and how his role in the offense is. Everybody's out, so he has more of an opportunity to do more things, right? Get more opportunities, maybe five more opportunities a game, ten more opportunities. And he's just got to make the most of them and really knock down some shots. And once he gets that going, I feel like the heat itself will be like, all right, we can roll, we can win games, we won't lose 
against bad teams, right? And we'll be able to float while our main guys are out and get some type of consistency in the East. Right now, we're still 16 and 11. Fourth in the East, right? We got a four-game road game, uh, road trip. We play Cleveland tonight, Monday. You guys hear this recording. We got Philadelphia after that. Then we go down to Orlando, travel back up to Detroit before we come home for a three-game road trip, uh, homestand. So, again, opportunities for us to win some games against some not necessarily great teams and just really keep ourselves afloat in that race because that Eastern Conference right now is on fire, bro. It's on fire. Well, the whole league right now, man, there's a lot of good basketball going on. I just pulled up the uh, the power rankings that just came out, um, and they got – Number one, they got the Suns, who are 21-4, and four, and right behind them, they got the Warriors, 21-5. and five. They could be like 1A, 1B, pretty much. <laughs> then they got the Jazz, who are 19-7. and seven. Then they got the Bucks, who we just beat last week, who are 18-10. and 10. Right. The Nets are 19-8. and eight. They're number five. Right. And then that's where the Heat come in. We're, we're at, I believe, number six on these power rankings. Um, Which is okay. It's okay because he has Considering been- we were without Bam. two of our, come on. our main components, it's like... Yeah, we had a we had a rough stretch, but Spo has coached us out of it. I got to give credit to Spo, man, because he's the he's the leader, he's the commander. You know what I mean? You he's the greatest credit. coach that this team has ever had, and he he's getting it done with the with the the cast, the ensemble that he has right now, man. And <laughs> it's it's something to commend him for. Oh, he got nominated. I don't know if we talked yeah, about that too. We haven't yet. All right, well, I'll let you. No, bring, no, go ahead, uh, mention it. Well, mention it. He, he just got. He's part of now the assistant coaching staff. I think Steve Kerr got announced as, as the head coach. The head coach for Team USA. Spo's number two in charge, now. and and now and then Spo. So that's that's still huge. I'm sure he's going to be happy to be a part of that. That's just the level of respect that my dog Spo commands. Right, right, because for whatever reasons people may have, they may not necessarily love Spo, but all this guy does is win. With multiple teams, superstars, no superstars, all he does is figure out ways to win. And like like you said, he's winning right now with this team having the hugest of setbacks. No Jimmy, no Bam. Other teams would have been crumbled on the 500 right now, looking bad. This Heat team is playing for home seed advantage yeah. in the playoffs. That's crazy to me. And um, before we wrap up the do- the Heat and get into the Panthers, I wanted uh, to mention, too, Victor Oladipo looks like he's getting closer and closer, bro. I'm glad you brought that up. I, I, I saw him doing some I've, court drills, I've shooting, dribbling. More active, they've, they've, and they're teasing him more as far as, like, the coverage. You know what I mean? They're showing him a little bit more and stuff like that. And it's like, obviously, before I didn't care because I, I love our nucleus, and I'm like, yeah, Oladipo, we'll see how he fits in. But now with Jimmy and Bam out for so long, I'm like, man, we could we could really use you he know some Depot. offense. So if if he's anything like the old Oladipo, like I'm talking about, like Orlando Magic just got to the Pacers Oladipo type type of. Oladipo. I don't even need that. You know, come in and be better than Max Struess. If you can do that, if you can come in and be better than Max Struess off rip, then this Heat team will be even better. Right, because we know what Max Juice gives us, and it's pretty good. It's not bad. It's better than what other teams are getting from their second and third players, right? So if he can come back and produce way more than Max Juice, way more than a Caleb Martin, way more than a Markeith Morris, way more than a PJ Tucker, way, way more, more than, than a Gabe Vincent. Gabe all those guys. Yeah. All those guys. And he can just come in and contribute like that off rip in January, February. Team's gonna have to look out because <coughs> when it comes to the playoffs, we're gonna be deeper and dangerous. Would you, know, you because we have more shooters, more playmakers, more type of offense and defense. Would you agree that it goes, I mean, for the most part, Jimmy Bam Hero on our team right now? I think Hero has earned or the number two spot. Over Bam? Offensively, yeah. So offensively, yeah. If we're talking about, hey, I got we gotta get a bucket. Who do I want the ball the ball to end up in yeah. his hands? I'm going Jimmy. I'm going Hero. Then I'm going Bam. Right. And I'm going Bam third ahead of other players like Lowry, whatever, because A, Bam is a freak. He's very athletically mm-hmm. gifted, so yep. he'll be able to find a way. Play any position. Any anything. Of the court. Anything. And he's shown in this year before he got injured that he can shoot it, right? He's more comfortable shooting the ball, and he's improved at at the free throw line. So even if he were to get like something where he's cut into the basket or whatever for and one, he's gonna make it because he's shooting above eighty percent, which is what I wanted from him in the get go. Of course, he was shooting above eighty percent from the free throw line, and that to me is huge for a big man like him who gets fouled often around the rim. 
So, and, and for me, it would be that order. It would be Jimmy, Hero, and then Bam. Because I trust those three guys, like, hardcore, make any shot, make any play, any scenario on the court. Right on. So... Yeah, man, let's see. Let's see we where gotta, all the people fit in, third in the, Hopefully he come back and he can stay healthy. True, but we got to get this third win in a row because I was really digging that pizza mañana this weekend. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been, you been looking a little carby hey, over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like running Consuming miles, some right? carbs. Chill, I'm running. I ran that 10K on Saturday. Hey, what about putting pizza. in work? You've been yeah. putting in that work. I've been, I've been putting so in So you're carb loading like Michael Scott over yes, there? Sir. You're eating pizza before a big run? You know it. <laughs> Let me get some extra garlic and butter sauce right quick. I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready. Um, <laughs> a team that has to get ready, like we talked about earlier, is the Panthers. You know, they had lost two Los games in gatos. a row. Los Gatos, man. You know, they lost three out of the last four. Uh, we beat St. Louis, and then we lose the return game on, in St. Louis. Yeah, it's a one-for-one one exchange. I mean, we've been seeing It's that. okay. We, that happens across, like, all franchises or, like, all sports, I feel like. C- correct. We bounced back against Phoenix. Look, at, look this past weekend, uh, Cincinnati and the Ravens, like yep. we were just talking about before the show. Crazy. First game that they played, their division rival. First game they played, the Ravens whooped them. This past game, Lamar goes down. It's a whole different story. And it's a, a game changer. Yeah, man. So those back-to-backs or those, you know, those exchanges are... are they're just, not easy. Yeah, they're, they're not crazy. easy. And the the Panthers have been trying their best. You know, like, they had that loss against St. Louis. They bounced back against Phoenix. They actually had two goals within 30, 10 seconds of each other between Barkoff and Bennett um, to pretty much ice the game for, for the Panthers. And then they go out there and they lose a tough game to Colorado, 3-2. Um, to two. And I say it was a tough game because they were actually leading at some point. And then they just gave up tough penalties, playing men down for rough, long stretches of the game. And when I was doing my research for them, it was like, yo, why are we ranked so low in penalty killing percentage? Like, we have a hard time. A, we're one of the most penalized teams in the NHL right now, which is obviously uh, uh, something that needs to get fixed ASAP. Immediately, yep. you're playing a man down on the ice, and yeah, that shit can get real tricky real quick. That's where you lose the game, bros, are in the power play. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, you don't teams don't always score in a power play, but not always. When you're a man down, like there, something's exposed, bro. Yeah, man. Right now, they're 16th in the NHL when it comes to killing power plays. They're yeah. in the with 80 percent. Of killing the power plays, which you think, damn, 80%? Nah, man, that's not good. There are teams in the 95, 93% age, 92% and those are teams that are defensively good. But the only thing that is really saving the Panthers in that sense is that they're a top-five offense, right, where they're putting up um, their top-five scoring is 3.7 goals per game. sticking studs. Averaging about 36 shots per game. Like, that's that's a lot, right? Goals, I mean, goals per game. 3.7. We, we are, that's ridiculous. That's nuts, right? <laughs> that's nuts. But, you know, at some point, in order to really make a run, you have to find that balance where our offense is just as good as our defense. It right. could be better than our defense, but it has to be just as good. And I think it just comes with, like, the sloppy penalties, man. Those, almost every time I watch the, the Panthers, especially in this last week and a half, it's like every three minutes, it's like, boom, they're getting called for hooking. Boom, they're getting called for a cross-checking. Boom, they're getting called. And it's like, yo, you guys can't play 10 minutes of hockey without getting a penalty? Give me give me 10 minutes of error-free hockey. You guys don't even have to score. You can even, like, give up a goal. But let's let's chill out with keep the penalties. Clean. Keep it clean. Jeez, play man. dirty, but keep it clean. We don't even need to play dirty, bro, because when teams try to do that shit against us, it, it backfires on them because we have so many weapons on different lines that they're only able to do it for one line. And then that line will get abused because we're rotating 15 guys towards that one line trying to play that tough style of hockey. Um, and it's not going to work. We got guys like uh, um, Bennett, um, uh, Gudas, who's uh, the crazy defenseman. That guy just loves to fight. He he just likes to chill <laughs> in the back of the ice, looking for people to fight. So for me, it's like it's it's not a big concern as far as like having the guys to play tough. It's just a matter of cleaning it up, playing clean hockey, letting the score be three one, and not giving other teams the opportunity to get closer or get or get to a point where they can tie a game or even get ahead on the game. You know what I mean? Like, right. Well, let me ask you this. Considering it's it's some, somewhat of a lack of discipline, per se, mm. it, do we correlate this to uh, a coaching issue? Because, you know, obviously they've been going through their issues with the coaching, with the head coach and whatnot. You, you, you can kind of point to that and say yes, right? Because if you think about it, he's a first-time head coach, right? He took over a messed-up situation where we fired our previous head coach and had to find a way to galvanize the team in order 
to move on throughout the season with all this scandal that was surrounding the Panthers. So, yeah, you could kind of point to the coach being uh, inexperienced in that sense because it's obvious that the team really relies on its leaders, right, to not only, um, like, show that leadership through the ice, but also through the actions behind them. Right. So I feel like the team is very self-policed and the coaches is only in place to be like, yo, guys, this is what our focus should be. You guys figure it out, but this is what I want you guys to focus on. Maybe it's going to come to a point in the season where he's like, hey, enough with the penalties. We got to do this. You know, um, I know that we're still without Anthony Duclair. He's hurt. He hasn't been playing recently. Uh, I know that Barkov... He exited a little bit earlier um, in in one of the games against against I think it was the Phoenix game, um, but those are guys that we need back because they add a little bit of that toughness. They add a little bit of that leadership, yeah, especially Barkov and and Duclair too, because Duclair is really smart when it comes to his style of defending. Right, he's very physical, but he's very like. He'll time you, right, where you start to be the aggressor, and then he'll pull the chair on you, and then, like, next thing you know, you're running into the boards, and he's taking the puck from you. Um, but, yeah, they need guys like that, you know? They need guys like that, especially through this rough little stretch that they're going to have, man. They, they're going to find themselves in a position where they're fighting harder than they should be, right, to keep the other teams behind them. They're still leading the, the their division, right, number one in their division, um, and they're still number one in the NHL. 16, 18 wins, 5 losses, 4 overtime draws. 40 points. There are other teams tied with 40 points. One more team tied with 40 points. I think that's uh, New Jersey. And the rest of the, the league is really a step behind them, right? What the Panthers really have to focus on is getting more consistent play from their goalies, right? Not giving up as many goals. Not giving up as many shorthanded goals. And that comes with playing cleaner hockey, the, the less guys minimizing you, the penalties and the correct mistakes. the minute you minimize the penalties and you're opening yourself up to have a really good shot to give your goalie a shot to not be facing an extra 10 to 15 shots a game because he's playing 15 minutes of power uh, power play killing back there taking all those shots you know and again it's just it's just a way to figure out how to play cleanly to continue to win games because offensively like i said earlier top five in the league we're killing it so we're well, going to have to figure something out. There. <clears throat> well, they're one of the best teams at home, and uh, they got two games now uh, back-to-back at home. Uh, so we play, by the time you're hearing this, uh, we're playing the Senators tonight, and then on Thursday we're playing the Kings uh, before we go on the road on Saturday uh, to play the Wild. So, yeah, I got a good feeling about us winning tonight because uh, in the research that I was doing, I noticed that we haven't lost more than two consecutive games yet this season. Right, we're a good bounce-back team. So the the skids don't last too long when they happen for the Panthers, so I'm looking forward to them bouncing back tonight and uh, getting some dubs, man. Getting uh, some dubs. You know what, man? For for you know, We've had some tough losses and stuff, but at the same time, I don't think any of these those teams that have beat us can beat us in a seven-game series nah. or even a five-game nah. or whatever. You the know only what I mean? team that I would worry about is Tampa, Tampa. Bay. Tampa's the only team. Like, you got to give them the respect. Not even that they're like a super great team right now at the moment. They're a good team. Obviously, we know how good they can be. Yeah, they're but they're like the Patriots, injuries, bro. But they're like the freaking Patriots. They're bro. like exactly like the Patriots in the sense that like they'll be under the radar Jeez. and then they'll get in right when it matters most and then they'll dominate in the playoffs. Boom. And then in the playoffs, it's like, oh, yeah, we're all healthy and nobody has an issue. Yep, but it is what it is. We'll catch some punks later. We'll yes, catch sir. some punks later. Um, let's talk about UFC 269, man. Bro, what great, a great card! Great card. Would man. have been better if George Masvidal had fought Eves Edwards. Yeah, but whatever. Yeah, it was. Um, it sucks. He had to about a month before the fight. That he, rib he injury to, finally came out. Yeah, I guess that's what it was. Yeah, it finally came out. Uh, his trainer came out and said that he had torn a lot of the cartilage in between two to three ribs, so Georgie couldn't do any type of conditioning. Or any type of training that resulted in like him moving a lot of his torso. Damn, so, that's like so the, he was able to do pad work and like, but even still, like kicking was hard because nah, you know you gotta thing. you gotta really put some torque into your body and, and really put some power behind those those legs kicks and um, yeah, that's what pretty much caused Georgia to be like, yo, I can't how, do it. How do you feel? I don't know if you saw this, but the Miami Heat actually hosted Kamara Usman. I saw that. How do you feel about that? I don't know how uh, I felt about that. I mean, he ain't from Dade County. He's not. So I don't, I don't know if why, I love it. Why are we giving them so much love? Like we just give people, we give fighters love like that all the time now. But what I, I will say, what I will say about the Miami Heat, you know, is that they're a franchise that likes to do the uh, 
Hollywood lifestyle, let's say, right, where they want to be with the who's who's and the what and these guys and the important people and the movers and the shakers. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense, right? You got a champion. He's in the house. They probably knew he was coming. So it was like, you know, let's set this up. They did it for Soldier Boy, man. Like, (laughs) True. You know? You're absolutely right. They did it for Soldier Boy. You're absolutely right. That's the type of franchise the Heat are. So, nah, I wasn't too pissed off about it. I understood it, right? I understood it. But to get back to UFC 269, yeah. man, we saw Sorry, two, belts, two belts on the line, right? In the women's bantam division, we had a... We had the, a, a Goliath in, in the, the women's... champ, division. champ, greatest woman fighter of all Great, time. We have said on this podcast, arguably the best fighter in the UFC period, male what? or female, pound for pound. Easily, she's in that top five, top three. Like and we just saw something very uncharacteristic of her this week against a very formidable opponent in Juliana Pena. Well, funny thing about that fight is that Juliana has been calling her out for some time now for for quite a while, right? And it was like, oh, she's dodging me, she's missing this. I have to fight other girls and this and that. And for some reason, they just couldn't connect, right? They could never connect. And Juliana always stood on the emphasis of like. Yo, I know that I can beat her. I know I got her number. I know I got her number. She keeps fighting all these other people because she knows that she can't fight me and win. And everybody was like, oh, this girl's crazy. She's just talking like, you know, randomness because she wants the title shot to make the payday, whatever, whatever. Right. Little did the world know and outside of her camp and family know that she was right all along, bro. Because she went in there with a a real game plan. How many, how many? Processed it to the T and was able to finish literally the most dominant woman fighter in history. Yeah, and then and regardless and of pro- and the way of, that like, she did it, you and know, the way by choking that she her out, it. like on her back, and like, but let me, what I was going to ask you though was how many left jabs do you think that Amanda Nunes ate that night? Because holy crap, did that girl, did she was just boom. Just knocking her back with that left jab. We're like every time connecting. It wasn't like a striking, like, oh, she's no. gonna knock her out, but it was like, oh my gosh, she's she's damaging her on every punch. You know what it looked like? It looked like a boxer's jab. You know how when a boxer like a clean. canelo, when a canelo clean. throws a jab, it's clean as hell, but it has a lot of you hear power. The snap. And it's just enough to be like, you know this hurts. It's not just hey, it's, it's in your it's face. It's not meant to knock you out, but it's meant to really annoy and hurt the shit out you of you. You know this hurts. And in that round, she must have ate like ten consecutive bro. jabs, bro, because it was like one after another. And Nunes and was I, trying I to feel like, like that flustered Amanda, man. Absolutely, Amanda was trying to move and like find some space to get close to her, right? And it felt like every time she was dodging left or right, Pena had that jab right in her face. Oh, you're going left, boom. Here's you're going right, boom. Here it is, boom, boom. And it was just over and over and then she was sprinkling that a couple of right hooks a couple of right crosses just to hit her with some power shots yeah power shots that really rocked amanda she's a beast and i think that i don't want to say that amanda um like underestimated her no but but you know what could have happened go ahead continue with that i think she underestimated her will to win and the power that she did carry I, I agree with that, but I also think that <clears throat> it's like that great Mike Tyson line, you know, where he goes, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Yep. I think that for her, she was like, you know, the, the, the game plan was like, all right, just go in and do what you normally do. And then she got in there, she got smacked in the mouth, and she right. was like, oh, shit, I, I haven't been in this position in before. <laughs> and then maybe not started to panic, but, you know, maybe she just, she, she, she tried to change something in the moment. Correct. Trying to deal with it that she hadn't done before, and then it ended up costing her. Yeah, it cost her big time, man. Because Huge, man. But what a run! I mean, you could. I mean, shout out to Amanda Nunes too, man. And because what what a pa- what a passing the torch! What a great fight for the passing of the torch type of shit. Because better than the the fraud that was uh, around the Rousey, right? That got rocked by Holly Holm when nobody right. was seeing that or expecting. You know what I mean? And then yeah. and then she never bounced back. I think Amanda can can still bounce back from a fight like this for sure. And. You know, she said it after the fight. She was like, hell yeah, I want the rematch. You know, I want the rematch because... We all want the rematch. I, I, yeah, hell yeah. Anytime that Amanda's <laughs> fighting, bro, I want to watch that, right? Like, I don't care who the opponent is or what level or what weight she's fighting at. Right. I want to watch her fight. Um, but she, you can tell that she just took that loss like a champ and said, you know what? This is her night. Juliana was better than me. She whooped me. She beat me. 
I got no excuses, but I'm going to come back. Yep. And Juliana, again, a respectful champion, knew, hey, this woman is the reason why most of us even can fight because she's such an amazing fighter that she draws people to the women's division. So she's a freaking, obviously, a legend and a, and a goat in her own sense. Of course, man. But it's my time now. I know that I'm the best at this specific weight class, and I came out here to prove it, and she did. So huge props to Juliana, huge props to Amanda, because those two women put on an amazing fight, a hell of a fight, regardless if you like women's fighting or not, bro, because honestly, we're talking about skills, and both of those women show class that, and it was just Juliana's night, and she ended up being the new bantamweight champion. Now, we also had a, uh, the real main event. We had the co-main event, which is Amanda versus Juliana, and then we had the main event, which was... Olivera versus Poirier. Oliver. Oh, yeah, Sorry, I, I had a technical That's issue. How Olivera, shout out Olivera, bro. Brazil, Brazil. you know, the, in the house. Yeah. I know who you were going for that fight. Um, yeah, and he was fighting Dustin Poirier, the champ. And I like Dustin a lot. A lot dude. of people do, man, especially after, you know, these last few fights that he's had. Uh, you know, he, he's gotten a, a, lot, a lot of more fans. And I think even after this fight, even after this loss, he's going to gain a lot more fans too. Number one, he's... A hell of a man, a hell of a champion, a hell of a fighter, bro. Yeah. Because as soon as the fight was over, not only was he showing that respect to to Oliveira for being the champion, he as soon as he was like, bro, I respect what you do. I respect how you approach the game. I love what you do outside the octagon with your foundations. I want to donate 20 grand to any charity that, that I can help yeah, you with. to his hometown. That I can help you with. You pick, you let me know when it's coming. And that's how you know that DP is a stand-up yeah, dude, dude yeah, bro. Yeah, so shout out, shout out to him. You know what I mean? Like a for real stand-up person, bro. Somebody that you can point to and say, that guy is a real role model for not only UFC fans, but anybody who's looking for somebody to be a better person, look at DP, man, because that dude's doing it right, man. Um, unfortunately for DP, it was not his night. It was Oliveira's night. And Oliveira even weathered another storm yeah, in man. this fight. And we had talked about it, whether he wanted to stand up a lot with DP and whether he wanted to, you know, really take exchange. It, or if he wanted to take it to the ground. Or if he wanted to take it to the ground. And in that first round, you, you know, you could tell that he wanted to stand up that whole round and exchange blows just to show Dustin, like, hey, I'm here, bro. I'm here for whatever you want to do. You can do. get it however you want You it. can get it however. You want to stand up and bang? I'm down for that. You want to get it to the ground and we wrestle? I'm down for that. You want to do submissions? Please, let's do that. You know what I mean? And he was ready for any level that Dustin wanted to take the fight to because he knew he was better. And it showed. Um, Dustin really started off by teeing off on, on Oliveira and was landing clean shots, real clean shots. But the difference was that Oliveira was able to withstand him and kept coming forward and find shots of his own to, to kind of like counter. Dustin won the first round, right? But if you look at how Oliveira was walking him down towards the end of the first round. And I was like, damn, like Olivera's really out here for blood, dog, because he's not looking to get out of this fight easily. He's looking to get out of the fight in the in the hardest way possible. Boom. Second round comes, a little bit more of the same. Both of those guys are standing up. As soon as Dustin tries to try a takedown or something, Olivera's like, gotcha. A little takedown defense, brought him down, ended up on top, and ended up grounding, pounding. Grounding, pounding, grounding, pounding. He took and, a lot of damage, a lot more damage than he's taken the last couple of fights in, in those first two rounds. And you mentioned that how important the ground ground game was going to be for Oliveira. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a specialty, man. You got to go with what you're comfortable with. Absolutely. And when he was down there, like, again, we hadn't seen Oliveira do too much damage from that top position before with elite competition. But he was really able to manhandle Dustin and really put him in uncomfortable positions. And you can tell that Dustin wasn't prepared to be in like full guard on the back on his back for three minutes of that round. Yep. Like he wasn't ready and for especially that. Especially so early on. So early, right? He didn't want to be there. Um and and Oliveira took full advantage of that because I felt like he pushed the pace of the fight a lot more. He, could, he definitely controlled it. And controlled it. And then once that came about, I feel like he wore Dustin down. Third round came and it was more of the same. And Dustin really couldn't take the the pressure that Oliveira was bringing to him as far as the stand up. As soon as he turned around, it was over, bro. Because he turned around, gave Oliveira his back. He jumped on his back, had, slipped in this freaking real naked choke. I don't know how he. Well, did once it. he got the legs hooked in, it was game over. Yeah, but dude, the, like Dustin's neck was. 
pretty much closed. Nah, and then he, all of a he, sudden, he, you gave, see, he gave it up. You see his hand just like whoop, slip in there, and it was a wrap. And Dustin knew it was over, bro. He tried to hang out for his, like a couple of seconds, and he ended up tapping. And Oliveira was the champ. A lot of similarities between both the, the championship fights. Oh yeah, if you look at it, right? Yeah, man. You got both can you know uh, both champions losing. Uh, you got both of them being submitted, right? Yeah. I mean, it was a it was a hell of a fight night, man. A UFC does not disappoint. And I oh, I've been meaning to ask you. So I had this conversation, and I, I kind of already know where you're gonna go, <laughs> but I figure it's worthy of at least bringing it up. Okay. Do you prefer watching a good UFC card, or do you prefer watching a, a good boxing match? I prefer a good boxing match. I knew you were gonna go there, I, and, and I, that was a sentiment I'm that a lot school, of dog. a lot of my friends also shared. Um, I'm I, I and I think that's more of the new school in me that I prefer because of the product that the UFC is. I know we're going to get a great night, whether it's one, you know, even the undercards, you know, like, like boxing to me, like some of the undercards could be kind of yeah. boring and you're really only watching the main, main, For the event. main event. Whereas on this, you, you got a, I mean, you got Sugar Sean was, was fought that night too, right? Oh, man, he's nasty. Bro. <laughs> Another he's highlight back. reel. You know what I mean? Uh, you back. had two, you had Ty, Tuivasa or whatever this buddy's name is with the Drinking shoey. The one, another one. Drunken up the shoe. Again, I mean, every UFC, you're going to get a great product, man. And, you know, that was something that I had been meaning to talk to you about for me right for me personally bro i me being uh, you know did not give away my age but i came up in the late 80s right when i was young enough to remember watching boxing right it was a lot of big names you know Hagler, uh lewis um holyfield holyfield was still around um you know pernell whitaker was still fighting um you know, George Buster Foreman, Douglas, Buster Tyson. Douglas, Tyson, all all these great names, you know, and then Tr- Trinidad, uh, De La Hoya, and mm. who's this other dude? Now we got Mayweather. Like, I saw Mayweather young, right? It's him right. whooping people up and shit like that. As, uh, Diego uh, Corrales. Before uh, he was money, Mayweather, he was pretty boy You know what I mean? Like, Prince Asim. Like, I seen a lot of dudes, right? A lot of dudes fight. And for me, that was always, like, the the pinnacle of fighting sports. You wanted to be the world champion in boxing. You wanted to be that. If you if boxing was your thing. So the only difference is now you don't get as much entertainment that you do from boxing as you would an MMA card or a UFC card, right? So let's let's focus more specific specifically on UFC, right? Because they're the biggest entertainer in that MMA world. And they do a hell of a job of entertaining. They're always putting on cards, right? They're always finding ways to find people to fight each other, right? As opposed to boxing where it's like, yeah, you'll get three, maybe two big boxing matches in a year. because guys. That was was exactly my point. But that's because guys, the, the only difference is, you know, is that guys are not willing to have that loss on their record for some reason in boxing. Right, right. And in MMA, it's like, I don't care. I can have... Way Six more losses. politics involved in, in boxing. And then Way all the different belts and the different that, leagues that, and the that's different... That's something else because you could, if you're talking about politics, you know, UFC is like a dictatorship. Yeah, there's a straight def- up. it's definitely... Good data so, controls that, all, all so of that. So it's a but, little different in, in that sense of the business, right? But we get to see the fights in UFC that we want to see. Not always. For the most part. Not always. For the most part, yeah. Not always. It, it eventually happens. Yeah, In boxing, some, it's like, you know, we wanted to see Floyd and Pacquiao, and it's like, when did that happen? Like, when... Yeah, when but that happens... Pacquiao was already, you know, like, it was like, ah, we didn't want to see that anymore. Yeah, but that can happen in UFC too, right? Like... Yeah, like any fight with GSP, you know? The GSP fights, you know, for BJ Penn, you know? Chuck Liddell versus... Um, Randy Couture. No, not even. Uh, the Huntington Beach bad boy, bro. Uh, Tito wait. Ortiz. Uh-huh. That fight came way too late. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like, there was a... You could look at any combat sport and be like, oh, this fight should have happened when... 15 years yeah, ago, 10 okay. years ago, 3 years ago, whatever. I can see that. The only difference between the two right now is, like I said, Dana White has figured out the the the, the numbers because he's a dictatorship to say, I can put on a card every two weekends and force these guys to fight. And he, if they do, great. If they don't fight, see you later. Go fight in Japan. And for way less money. Right. Right? He is the machine. Yeah. He, so that's why he that's why UFC fights are more entertaining as far as getting more matchups that you can you get to see more often. With boxing, you got to be patient and be like, "All right, well, I got I guess we got to wait for this Earl Spence versus fucking Crawford fight." Well, I mean, even before that, so the reason it's gonna it, the, happen. the reason it got brought up this weekend between me and a couple of my friends was 
Lomachenko was fighting. Correct. And one of my buddies was like, you know, they were going to get together and they were like, oh, you know, Lomachenko's going to fight or whatever, this and that. And I'm like, bro, number one, Lomachenko's washed. Number he's not two, washed, bro. Lomachenko's washed, bro. <laughs> Bailed it. Number one, he's washed. Number two, boxing sucks. There's a UFC that night, UFC 269. The two main events are sick as hell, but the whole card is going to be dope. You know what I mean? And that was kind of like how the conversation got started. And then a lot of them were like, nah, man, I prefer a good boxing match. And I understand that, you know, if you grew up with that, you know, if you grew up with the boxing match, like I, I wasn't a, you know, the biggest, you know, boxing fan growing up. And I wouldn't say that I'm a huge boxing fan today. I'm more of a UFC MMA fan today. I, I hear you. Because I've seen that a lot more of that in my, you know, my last 10, 15 years than I have boxing. And Chico, trust me that it makes total sense. Yeah. It makes total sense because again, entertainment value, yeah, right? Really, You're getting more entertainment. I'm putting in the time often. watching it. Or am I getting back? A lot know? more entertainment, a lot more often. But the thing with boxing is when you get those fights, they're amazing fights. You know, those, like those Canelo. Fury Wilder fights. Fury Wilder fights. And you're like, holy Canelo, shit. Canelo versus anybody. Canelo. You just want to see Canelo. Canelo winning four belts and cleaning out a division in one shot versus Caleb Plant. It's like, oh, damn. And that was a raw fight because it went it was a good fight. 10 rounds. Yeah. And Caleb Plant was able to withstand Canelo yep. for 10 rounds. You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy. Um... That's why boxing is like again. It's people say, "Oh, but boxing's dead." It's like boxing's never dead. Let's get that. Out. No, because so let's get that. No, straight. because it's an art. It's, boxing it's an is art. An art. Like watching a good boxing match, like two guys that are pro boxers and like veterans that are like know how to really box. It, it's it's like watching a work of art, bro. Like it's beautiful to watch it go back and forth. Yeah, it really is, bro. It really is, and that's why I enjoy boxing a little more right now than than I would MMA. But I think, like honestly, for me, it's like. 51%, 49%. Yeah, it could be a toss-up. Right? It's like 60-40. It's really close. It's really gotcha. close, depending on who's fighting. Um, bro, let's let's before we wrap this up, I want to give well, a, well, we, we got to get into Chelsea real quick. Real quick. I was going to say that. All right, all right. I, I, had, to, sure I had to mention this. I had to mention this. There was know? some fugaziness going on. You were telling me before the podcast yeah. I had to cut you off. I was like, wait, <laughs> hold all those thoughts. It's going to be quick. So, so, t- so t- t- tell me like you... T- Tell, tell them like you told me All right. what the hell's going on. So for those who know or may not know, right, today was the U- UEFA's Champions League uh, draw of for the round of 16, right? This is where you start the knockout stages where you play a home and away and the loser goes home. And the winner continues in the tournament and until you break it down into all, all these quarterfinals and finals and all this stuff, right? So today was the day that you were supposed to find out who you play. The way that they do it is they have a certain... P- teams right with their uh, lottery balls set up right separate so that each team can be picked out versus another team and then they do the draw that way i didn't even know that so they do it with an actual physical Dude, like lottery it's, it's like on tv at 6 a.m eastern time it's wow like this is like i thought this was computer television. generated like no, the easy way no, 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 of no, 2021 no. part of the problem so the dude went in there and he grabs the ball from the wrong bin opens it and says or from the right bin, it says Manchester United. Boom. Goes into the wrong bin, right? Because the rule is if, let's say you're Manchester Depending United. Depending what you pull is where you got to pull from next? No, the, kind of. If you and I are in the same group, right? We're group A. You're Joel, I'm Soso. In the, and we both advance, right? I advance is, as the first place. You advance as the second place. In the next round, we can't play each other again. We already played each other once. Gotcha. Right? So you automatically have to go into a separate pool. Right. And I automatically have to go into a separate pool. Right? And that's how it works. So you can't... Teams from England or from the same country can't play each other. So Manchester United can't play Manchester City in that next round. Can't play Chelsea in the next round. Can't play Liverpool because we're all in that same in that from that same country. So like that, you get a you eliminate having a more random game right because all those games can happen in a regular league mm-hmm. and you make a more exotic game because you get two teams from two different countries right that's the idea two teams from two different countries essentially but that didn't happen in this case no so united comes out first and then Villarreal, who was also in their group right they come out second everybody's confused like oh shit it's not supposed to be here ah so then they draw again boom out comes psg Dun, dun, dun. Immediately, everybody's like, oh, shit, it's a conspiracy. They want Ronaldo versus Messi because Ronaldo's at Manchester United. Messi, everybody knows, is at PSG. Mm-hmm. So they were like, this is the game that they wanted, blah, blah, blah. So the rest of the draw happens. Chelsea gets drawn to Lille, which is a team from France, right? 
And we're like, whew, we dodged the bullet. We don't have to face a big team like Byron or play like Real Madrid because those were the two biggest teams that we could play. All right, whew, we get by that. A lot of Twitter talk going around. An hour later, Manchester United puts in a formal um, complaint to UEFA saying, hey, you messed up the draw. You guys got to do it again as per article, this, 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 this in your rule book. Is Manchester United the Karen of the soccer world right now? A little bit. Putting in a complaint. Like a little bit. Asking to but at to the same manager. time, you don't want to be the, you don't want to lose, dog. <laughs> so you want a more favorable matchup, right? You don't want to face a tougher t- opponent. So here's what happens, right? UEFA says, you know what? We messed up. Our bad. We'll do this again. No. We're going to do this again at nine o'clock. Has Eastern this time. ever happened before? Never that I could remember, right? If somebody's out there and they know that this happened, hit me up on the DM and let me know. So real quick, just to wrap this up, United gets drawn out. Bam. Oh, Manchester United. Second team, Atletico Madrid, one of the hottest teams in La Liga. And it's like, damn. You went from playing so a tough team. So they went from PSG to, to a tough, Atletico went from a tougher team to a tough team. So, yeah, technically they they downgraded, but they're playing one of the hottest teams in the in world football That's right now. Exa- that serves them right. But guess what happened to Chelsea? Bastards. Uh, they pulled one of the hardest teams? Absolutely not. So everybody, so again, Cheddar... Twitter for Chelsea was going crazy shit. They're going to give us Real Madrid. We're going to end up playing Bayern. That's what I'm thinking is going to happen now. Fourth team comes up, Chelsea. Next team comes up, Lille. And we're like, yeah! No way! Let's fucking go! The same team? Same team, bro. What are the odds, dog? Hey, the odds are one in Cajabella. Yo, that's wild. That number doesn't exist. That's good for Chelsea, though. Amazing for Chelsea. A real favorable draw. Real favorable draw, man. Um, and yeah, the, the round of 16 is out there, you know. What you guys drama, check them man. There's some collusion drama. going on there. And big shit. time drama going on in the Champions League. But you know what? I don't care. We're the champions yeah. of Europe. We know who we are. Yes, sir. And we know who we're playing in the next round. So, you know, I'm just going to throw it out there for throw you. Throw it out there. Just it. Um, yeah, man. You know what? Before we get out of here, bro, so we can watch this, the, the starting lineups come out. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's talk about the Dolphins and the lucky ass breaks so, that they got this weekend. Another week where we haven't lost, so that's the keep the streak rolling. A, six week in a row where we don't keep lose. Streak rolling. You know what I'm saying? But no, we're, we're in all seriousness. Dolphins had a bye week this week. Correct, a much um, needed bye week. Right, much needed bye week. Right, we got a cut. We got our running backs right now on the injury reserve with COVID and stuff. Um, and we've had, you know, we've, we've had a, a, a couple t- injuries, a, a tough stretch, man, where we've gotten some, you know, gritty wins. So it's like. This late bye week was definitely necessary at this point. Um, but even though we didn't play, there was there was some movement, some things that happened this week in the NFL that that favor the Dolphins uh, and the rest of their season moving forward. Absolutely, bro. And I agree with you, bro. In my opinion, this this bye week couldn't have come at a better better time. Uh, we've played what fourteen straight games, like thirteen straight games. I'll tell you right now. 13, we're six and seven. We're six and seven. 13 games. 13 games straight. Um, have, it, have injuries. Haven't been able to really break down like and practice. Get guys in to study film with time and relax and say, this is where we're messing up. This is where we're going to improve. This type of blocking is working for us. This type of zone blocking isn't working for us. Here's how we're going to fix it. It gave the, the Dolphins team and staff I believe, an opportunity to really get some type of rhythm back and a game plan for the next couple of weeks because they're going to be critical. The next couple of weeks are going to be critical. Huge. Um, not to make the playoffs for the Dolphins, let's be honest. And you mentioned it. There were a lot of things that happened in favor of the Dolphins. We had Baltimore losing. Well, since, since ta- shout out to Vic once, once more. But <laughs> since talking to Vic last week, you know, and I can play that clip. I can insert it here. But we were we were saying that, you know, the Dolphins, you know, it's the rest of the season is just to keep working and growing. Correct. But the playoff chances aren't really there. That's kind of gone. But we the had, door's open. since that conversation, we had New England beat Buffalo. Yep. Right? And then this past weekend, we had Cleveland beat Baltimore. Correct. And one more AFC team that's in the hunt with us. Uh, Las Vegas lost. The Raiders lost. And there was one more. That wasn't Cincinnati the one that was lost. Cincinnati. Pittsburgh lost. <clears throat> so, so there's a lot going on Those right five now. teams right there, Baltimore, Buffalo, Las Vegas, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, all five of those teams losing pretty much opened the crack. Just It creaked open. The door was closed. It was closed. But the door is not open. It's, it's not open. But you can't see inside the room. They just turned the knob. And it's cracked. And it's, yeah. There's a slight crack. You could put, like, maybe your pinky toe in there. The light's coming through. Right. 
the, the light's light, cut. The light, you can see, you the, can see the, that the light is the on. The glimmer you know, of right? light coming through the crack in the door. Which is the light of the playoffs. Correct. Um, <laughs> the I like that. Light. I like how we got that. We got to that. I like that. <laughs> but, you know, if if you think about it, it's it's a tough stretch, right? Because our next game is against the Jets, which we should win. At home. Another favorable matchup against the Saints. Tough road game against uh, uh, the Titans coming up. And then to finish off the season against the Patriots, another tough matchup. So our last two games, man. The first two we can get through. You know, the Saints got Kamara back, but they're dealing with their stuff. We know the shit show that is the New York Jets. We can get through these two games, right? But then we got a tough game at Tennessee, I believe. And the word is that Derrick Henry is going to be back. Potentially Derrick Henry is back. That's going to be a big test for our offense, right? That that run that run defense. Yeah. But then to cap it all off, we got to come back home and play a red hot New Patriots. England Patriot team. They're they're so dangerous right now, and you would hate to have that that game saved game saved for the end of the season. But that's just the way it worked, you know. Where if hypothetically, let's say everything plays out in the Dolphins' favor, right, where other teams lose and the Dolphins beat the Jets, Saints, and Titans all in a row, right, and they get into that last matchup and they're 9-7 and seven and you got to win that 10th game in order to get that wild card spot, that feels like a very familiar story to me as a Dolphins fan. <laughs> I'm glad you said that, bro. It's like we're stuck <laughs> in Groundhog's Day. The season was shit. Now it's coming back oh up, and now God. we give ourselves a chance. And then next thing you know, we win two games in a row, and we and, win and, you're, and we're ecstatic. But at the same time, there's a tiny little part inside of us that's like that's slow bitter. That's like, why do you mother? Why do you got to do this to us every year? Why bro? every year? And that's the part that sucks for me. I'm happy. I'm excited that we're winning all these games. I'm I'm super excited about Tool right being the guy to lead us to these victories. QB one right having a real wide receiver play game in and game out without missing how crazy is that Jalen Waddle right we have two defensive rookies balling out of control and leading the team right Javon Holland correct and the other one is Jalen Phillips Jalen Phillips and then you have a second year player in Jerome Baker and Chris Wilkes who are out there just being absolute beast on that defense and not to mention the, Xavier Howard, the, top the workhorse. Dog. Is the just, top dog. He's still at the top. He's the just top hanging dog. out. He's chilling. Bro, we have all these things in place, and we couldn't be better than what we were in the beginning of the season. It's like, why we always got to wait until the end, dog? Why? Seven straight. We got we, we to gotta do better. We got to do better. We lost seven straight, so. Yeah, man. Right? Yeah, it was man. seven or six? Seven. We started off one and oh, and then we went one and seven. And now we're six and seven. So explain that to Bro. me. Bro, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It makes no sense. It doesn't but make any you sense. know what? That's where we are, and that's that's what we have to look forward to. At least you know. At least we're here in this position where the door is creaked open and the light is coming through. And, and you know, it's not like the Jets who are already eliminated mathematically already from the playoffs, or Correct. the Texans, or you know, teams like uh, the struggling Seahawks. You know that 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 have talent and got to win this week, but they're pretty much out of it this season. So it's like, ah, oh, that sucks. It's another wasted year for, for our sure. quarterback. You know, we're, we're moving in the right direction. There's only year two of Tua and, and and year one for a lot of our, our key guys. Like we were just talking about three rookies on the team that are balling out of control on either side of the ball. And it's 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 fun to see. I'm excited, man. I really just want to see these last four games play out. If the Dolphins can just get above 500, you know, I'll be happy with that. If they can get – if they can just win out these last four games and get to 10-7, and seven, I mean, I might jump into the middle of 49th Street traffic, dog. I don't think you should do that. Jump in a lake or something um, that you can swim out of. Don't jump into traffic. That makes too much sense. I want to do something crazy like the Dolphins. Right. You know right. what I mean? Like the Dolphins right. don't make sense. Crazy? That's why I want to yeah. try to reciprocate with something that just makes no sense. Get crazy. You want to know what's crazy? I'm expecting the Dolphins to beat the Jets 30 to zip on Sunday. <sighs> That's crazy. But I'm, I'm, I'm being honest. There's no I, reason why we can't, dog. Yeah, there's no reason why we shouldn't go out there and whoop a team like that. Give me, give me one good ass kicking on a Sunday. Yep. Let this be the game, yep. and I'll be okay for the rest of the season. I promise you, dog. I won't hate whether we make the playoffs or not, or we do this, that, or the other. I promise you. Go out there, molly wop the Jets, beat them thirty to the zip. Get and, back to five hundred, and let's call it a dizzy. You get back to you. Beat, you worry about the Jets this Sunday. You beat them. Yeah. Right? Get your confidence going into now. At that point, you're seven and seven. You're back to even. Your season is now three games, ladies done, and gentlemen. Bobble, Forget done. about the last 14 games. You have three games to your record now. You're back. You wipe the slate clean. 
Worry about those three, but it starts this Sunday against the yeah, Jets. Yeah, for sure. You got to go out there and molly whop them, dog. Got to go out there and molly whop them, dog. Got to do it. And you know what? For the Heat, I need you guys to win tonight, and let's get this pizza mañana thing on the on the go. You know, and let's keep it rolling. Speaking of the Heat, bro, it's about that time. So yeah, man, let's let's wrap this thing up, man. Um, Joel. So? Always good doing this show with you, brother. Oh, yeah, man. We always keep it moving. We're always doing new big things, man. And, and our, our intern still has not awoke. Well, this guy's lazy as hell. We're going to have to have a stern talk to him later on. Um, so, you guys, the listener, thank you so much for tuning in for another episode. Make sure you guys are checking us out on social media, Sports with Social Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. It is going down on there, guys. We're putting a lot more clips. Every week. A lot more episode clips are dropping in there. Segments, interviews. We're going to have it all on that YouTube page, all right? Most importantly, though, tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell another friend. To tell one more friend. And tell one more friend about this amazing podcast that we got. Make sure you guys are listening and make sure you guys are sharing. Until next time. Peace. Peace.